Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a midweek edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and not a whole lot has changed. So we're going to be talking rumors. I know that's shocking. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox might be battling for a fourth outfielder? Why? I do not know. The Red Sox might be pursuing pitching, but probably not pitching that actually scares you. Uh, do the Dodgers have DJ LeMahieu in their sights? And are they scared off by Justin Turner, which can make the situation much more dangerous for us? And then we've got a whole bunch of free agents who might not sign until spring training. Are you interested? Am I interested? Is anyone interested? Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review with a mailbag question, and we will be happy to answer it in a future episode. We've loved getting a stream of these mailbag cues, but if we get them all in a row, we can kind of just knock them all out in a full episode, which isn't that fun? Isn't that sort of the goal? Thomas, uh, let's start with the hottest story of the week, which, you know, once again, not strong competition, but technically the buzziest thing and, and sort of the most confusing thing we were hit with this week. Uh, Yasiel Puig uh, is a free agent, didn't didn't play last year, had a deal with the Braves. It fell through due to uh, COVID positivity. I think most of us expected he would go somewhere not Yankees related, Orioles or Marlins or someone uh, low on the totem pole or mid-range on the totem pole like the Marlins who apparently made the playoffs last year, um, where he could get consistent playing time. The Red Sox also felt like an option just because Puig is Hanley Ramirez, late career with the Red Sox, showing up like 20 pounds overweight 
weird Jerry curl. And you're like, why is this happening to me? Didn't this guy used to be a shortstop? Why is he, what's happening here? And then suddenly he's hitting 20 home runs and draping himself in the believe in Boston flag before the ALDS. But apparently the Yankees are also involved. Uh, What's up? What's happening? Uh, Do you believe the Yankees are serious here? Uh, Is this something to actually monitor? Or are we just distracting ourselves with one of the weirdest free agent fits in a long time? I think we have to distract ourselves with it because this is, the most boring off season ever. I know that stuff it isn't just supposed is. to, it just is. It's, it just is. And this is why we're talking about this. Why are we talking about this? We already have a fourth outfielder. Mike Talkman's there. We already have Brett Gardner waiting in the wings if they want to bring him back. So I don't know, but what does this mean for Talkman? Does this mean that Cashman is actually entertaining those trade talks for Talkman? Maybe he's looking at a pitcher Probably not a, you're probably not getting a starter for Talkman. Maybe you get a reliever. Maybe he's looking at a you know, sixth inning guy for Talkman who can help bridge the gap to a role this Chapman or Zach Britton, whoever it's going to be. And then you sign Puig. I think Puig would be better suited to go somewhere uh, to get starting reps. But then again, he missed an entire year. Not really the player he used to be, though still pretty good. Played 149 games in 2019 with the Reds and the Indians. Hit 267 with a 785 OPS and 24 bombs and 19 stolen bases. I think that's good production. That's that's above average production for especially a team like you said, like the Orioles or the Marlins. That that can help push you over the edge in some capacity. Maybe Puig is Puig is apparently a changed man now. We saw that he opened up about how he used to not listen to coaches and how he was trying to kind of rid himself of the stuff that the traditionalist baseball people frown upon, which whether you agree with it or not, I like people being who they are. I'm fine with the bat licking the bat tosses, the, you know, walking to first base when you hit a deep fly ball that probably, you know, is five feet short of the wall. Uh, Funny. It provides some entertainment value to the game. I don't know if I want to see him fully change. I'm kind of scared to see what a serious Yasiel Puig would be, but um, maybe this new version of Yasiel Puig wants a world series ring and he's got championship aspirations and he thinks being potentially a fourth outfielder on the New York Yankees is something that would interest him over being a starter on a fringe playoff contender or a non-contender altogether. Uh, you know what I was really thinking, you know, what if they just sign Puig and trade judge? I mean, who knows? What? Come on, man. <laughs> I know you were thinking, I know you were thinking that of course you were just love people getting riled up and that's what I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to get people pissed because Puig would be be a very like 2000 Yankees signing when you just like close your eyes and wake up and you're like, they have Glenn Allen Hill and Jose Canseco. Like what is going on? Or like 2011 when they had Andrew, like fat Andrew Jones. And you're like, wait a second. What What is going on? Why are we, we're starting Andrew Jones. Introducing Under Armour's infinity high sports bra. It's ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. All of a sudden, that, that would have been a huge deal like three years ago. It's equally strange, so I can't say it wouldn't happen. I don't hate um, it, though. I, I really don't. I don't hate it either, but I, I'm going to make you hate it, though. Do you know who Puig's agent is? 
you know, Rachel Luba, agent, Rachel Luba, agent, agent Rachel, Rachel Luba, Luba uh, two client agent, just uh, online Trev, Trevor Bauer and Yasiel Puig. Those are only two clients. Uh, she's fake news reports about both of them. Uh, she fake news reports that Bauer is asking for a ton of money and yelled at John Heyman. And she fake news John Heyman again, talking about Puig's uh, Braves contract this past summer. So that is an obstacle. But you then she got with. fake news. Did you see that by Fulton Awich? Yeah. Well, she always gets fake news because she's fake. Because the people who say fake news are the ones who are fake. That's yes. that's how fake news works. Um, so she is a person that you'd have to deal with if you were going to sign Puig. Uh, the Red Sox thing just bothers me only because you know oh, he, he would level up yeah. and, and you just grow man meat and just immediately be a 30-homer bat at Fenway Park. He, I mean, it's, like, it's what we all thought was going to happen when the Red Sox signed that Cuban outfielder who ended up being stashed to AAA for like 12 years. Rosny we kind of thought they had found the next Rosny Castillo. We thought they had found the next Puig and they absolutely hadn't. But Puig would definitely be like Hanley. He would get fatter. He would be hideous. He would have like a weird beard and boils and suddenly he would be on base, you know, on basing 420 or whatever. <laughs> um, the Red Sox are uh, sort of getting close to their first pitching target of the offseason too. Just to quickly take your temperature on this. It, it looks like they're probably hot enough after Jake Odorizzi that that's sort of a, a match I don't know. Doesn't do it for me. It's a four-two ERA guy who yeah. broke out once with a you know hit per inning three-four ERA season in Minnesota. The Yankees had to face him to close out the ALDS in 2019, and they did. He's, no problem. He's a good pitcher. Um, he's exactly who you sign if you want to max out at 85 or 86 wins. It just feels like I don't know if that's what they do. That's fine. They can do that. He's he's not, he's not as good or fiery or interesting as Rick Porcello. He's like a worse. I don't know. Downgrade. He's a, he's a back end guy for a contender. That's my opinion. He's yeah. great. He's a great four or five depth on a team that's looking to make the playoffs, which are, which the Red Sox are not doing. This is the Red Sox just trying to get an innings eater in the rotation because they have so many question marks. We don't know how effective Chris sale will be Eduardo Rodriguez dealt with all that tough stuff um, with COVID this past year. And then uh, they have all those young guys. So you don't really know how it's going to shake out. You saw what the Royals did signing Mike Miner. They just got somebody in Mike Miner's, better than Odorizzi, I think, but they signed him to just get somebody to chew up innings and serve as a mentor to the younger guys and call it not scared of this at all. This is more of a way for them, for the Red Sox to just fill a void and make it a worthwhile filling of the void than it is them making an intimidating move. I think nothing would make me happier than Chris sale coming back and, and being bad. There's really like, it's on my 2021 yeah. wish list all the Yankees stuff that I need to happen is, is above it. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm prioritizing my own team, but if Chris sale comes back and just sucks that that would be so delightful. And, and I will also, I do before we move on, want to say that I went off my rocker a little bit. And, and so did you arguing about Doug Peterson and benching the starters and, and <laughs> putting Nate Sudfeld in and, and keeping these people out and, and knocking the giants out of the playoffs just for spite. And it did have me reevaluating when the Yankees, uh, had the chance to knock the Red Sox out of the playoffs in 2011 at game 162 and uh, used not Mariano Rivera in an attempt to hold on to a seven, nothing lead in Tampa Bay. They were using like Corey Wade, young Dylan Batances, Andrew Brackman threw an inning. Like well, they had an eight, nothing lead seven, nothing where they didn't have a Dude. starter. They had the starter threw one inning and then they had a seven, six lead in the ninth and they didn't put Rivera in. It was Corey Wade. He didn't pitch extra innings. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, fine. You got us. And that that was, that was the best day. That was the best day of, that was the best final day of any regular season of all time. 
That was the funniest thing that's ever happened. I, I would say I, I prefer all, like, if I'm power ranking my favorite moments of my baseball fandom, um, it's all the Yankees titles. You know, the final outs of the Yankees titles are, are all one through five in, in my lifetime. And then number six is watching the Red Sox fall out of the playoffs after Dan Shaughnessy during the rain delay said, the one thing we know is the Red Sox season will not end tonight. And then I was, I was on the radio at the radio station and I found an Orioles hat in the radio station that wasn't mine. And I put it on and I was a senior in college and I went to the cafeteria at like, you know, 1 a.m. or whatever when it all ended. And I saw my uh, my best Red Sox fan friend punched me <laughs> in the wearing face. an Orioles hat. No, in the in the shoulder. Socked me hard, though. Not a yeah. fake punch, like a real public. Oh, wow. Punch. Uh, public punch. Public. It was a grab. What a great. But the Red Sox lost that game. Yes. That's so why fuck them. Yeah. Well, they would have forced a game 163, though, if they, yeah, they would have lost that anyway. One. I'm rewriting yeah, the history. They but we lost won. It. The Giants won. Yeah, the Giants won. The Giants, yeah, so the Giants uh, yeah, helped their okay. own destiny as best they could. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, it was still very funny. And uh, not the same situation, but admittedly a little bit similar. And yeah, I do it definitely. again. Who cares? Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on real quick. Uh, we uh, not sure whether to be worried about the Dodgers or not uh, in terms of DJ LeMahieu. Got everybody on the Yankee side of things still saying that the fact that we are paused makes them believe that the Yankees have the highest offer for DJ. DJ knows it. They know it. We're all just waiting to see if someone can top it. The Dodgers are the team most likely to top it, but the fact that DJ hasn't, you know, already agreed to a Dodgers deal, it makes it seem like they have been reticent to top it. Um, demands from Justin Turner, who is the main man who'd be blocking the Dodgers acquisition of LeMahieu, dropped this week, and it further clarified the LeMahieu chase and the LeMahieu numbers, but it also did make us realize why the Dodgers might be pivoting. Uh, apparently, uh, LeMahieu's five-year, 100, 125 million demand a little overboard, but but not entirely crazy when you see what Turner is demanding at the age of 36, currently asking for a four-year contract. Now, I don't know in what universe, you know, not in the modern baseball spectrum is a 36-year-old man getting a four-year contract and definitely not in 2020, 2021. Um, so if the Dodgers are unwilling to offer more than two years to Turner, which it appears that they are, why not just do the four or five years of security with a little more money for someone who's much younger and much more versatile and an MVP candidate in DJ LeMayhew. Uh, if the Turner thing is real, it's the over ask of the century. And it does sort of steer you in the direction of, I'm not, now I'm not shocked that the Dodgers might want to pivot. it. The move is totally for them to go after LeMayhew if this is what he wants, but very bizarre because we saw earlier in the off season that Turner wanted three and the Dodgers were going to oblige and they were like, fine, we'll give you three. But now, four, I don't know, we're looking at these deals like the one extra year is like, oh, how dare you? How, one extra year. So, but I mean, 30, that, that takes him into his age 40 season. That's difficult to fathom if you're any front office. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, 32 years old, five-year deal. Maybe you're paying for the declines in the age 36 or 35, 36 seasons, and you get two, three really good years of them right in the middle of your World Series window. So it's a no-brainer that that's what you would rather do, especially because he's more versatile. You could play him at first, second, or third. Um, and then that gives you a little bit – that gives uh, Dave Roberts flexibility with Corey Seager and Gavin Lux, depending on where he wants to play them. There's talks about Seager potentially moving to third. So maybe you keep DJ at second, move Seager to third, keep Lux at short, see how that works. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think this definitely puts things into a little bit more focus because of the Dodgers' continued interest. This is not anything – that is, you know, some free agency buzz BS where it's the Blue Jays just inserting themselves into everything to be inserted into everything. It's 
the Dodgers, a behemoth interested in one of the best players because they have a void in the infield and they don't want to pay extra for somebody else who's aging and, uh, you know, was surrounded by all that controversy with the world, the COVID in the World Series. So I don't really know if you want that. Uh, then again, who knows? Because the Dodgers just signed Blake Trinan's $17.5 million deal over two years. I was reading takes them a lot closer to the luxury tax threshold and they will be, I think, three-time offenders consecutively. So that means they'll have to pay a ton of money. So maybe they're just involved in these talks to get teams scared. I don't know, but certainly worthwhile that that Turner update dropped and it connects the dots with LeMahieu and helps us understand a little bit more. The Dodgers signing Trinan, though, I, that was my first thought, too. Like, I, I, nothing's going to take them out yeah. of a chase. They're the Dodgers. They can always, you know, make monetary adjustments. But, you know, $9 million a year for, for a reliever is an interesting thing to do if you're trying to find the money to give DJ LeMahieu $20 million annually. Like, that, that's different. That's, I wonder if it's backloaded. If they did some of it, there's yeah. a player option. Uh, there's like an eight million dollar player option. The details are uh, are in the Bob Nightingale tweeted out the details. So oh, Bob, they're okay. the they're the opposite of whatever he said. But it would make <laughs> you it would make you think that they probably are are at least using more money on the bullpen than uh, we may have thought. But yeah, uh, four years for Justin Turner not happening. And if that's sort of the thing that you're staring in the face, yeah, I, I would start to consider four or five years for DJ LeMahieu too. If I were the Dodgers, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to be talking about a couple of people who probably, uh, and honestly, it's not saying much because nobody's moving in this market, but probably will not be signed until spring training opens. Uh, We're going to talk about whether we like them, whether we don't, whether there are better options. So stick around. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. So scrolling through the free agent tracker, you can't help but be struck by the fact that it's like the whole tracker is still unsigned. A couple of loose names have found homes in the past week or so. Robbie Grossman is going to be a Detroit Tiger. Of course he is. That Those kind of people who you literally hadn't heard their names the entire offseason uh, have now started to sign. And I actually had a scary thought yesterday. People have sort of said that the, the dam is going to break at some point when the first major free agent signing happens. Isn't the first and most likely major free agent signing DJ LeMahieu? Like, isn't he the most strongly connected somewhere? Probably. Like, whether you believe he's going back to the Yankees or not, the buzz is definitely the strongest there. So, yikes, we could be waiting a while if he's the gatekeeper. But I was reading down the list, and, and there were a few people who, uh, whether it be by injury or, you know, comeback, ineffectiveness last year, or just the fact that they kind of are minor league depth at this point in their careers, it felt like they probably were going to be unlucky enough that they would not find a new home until spring training. Uh, and these names did strike me as, as people the Yankees should at least – you know, think harder about if the acquisition cost is literally depth in the middle of spring once the rest of your roster is already filled out. Uh, Jake Arrieta struck my eye. Uh, he's a free agent after three largely ineffective years with the Phillies. I don't know if anybody else is even thinking about him because I have heard the name zero times since the regular season ended. Uh, he's trended downwards every year of his Philly contract. ERA in the high threes then the mid fours and now the high fours at this point, not a good pitcher and not someone who deserves multi-year security by any means. And maybe someone who only deserves a minor league invite, but that being said, probably not going to sign until spring training name isn't on the market at all. Does he intrigue you? If we float him. Yeah. I like him a lot. Why? I know that he's look, the guys had, the guy was lights out with the Cubs. His contract year with the Cubs wasn't great, but it was, I take 30 starts and a 3.53 ERA. Um, I'm giving everybody a pass who is a pitcher on the Phillies because the Phillies suck. 
in every way imaginable, especially when it comes to the pitching staff. Starting rotation, nobody's good except Aaron Nola year in and year out. The bullpen, we don't really have to get into that, but it might as well be a junior varsity bullpen. Um, and also Arietta battled elbow issues, which is always significant, especially if you're a pitcher and at least very tough division. It's not like he's, it's not like he's getting easy starts against crummy teams all uh, over, over those years, the Braves were a powerhouse. The nationals were world series contenders. Those two years, um, the Marlins were up and coming. Uh, and then you have the Mets who have a good lineup, but they're just a dumb team, but still, you know, tough guys to face. Uh, nonetheless, I like it. I like the cheap. I like the cheap veteran deals, the potential, the cheap veteran deals to help the Yankees. Ariad is a gamer, dude. He loves the spotlight. He loves pitching in big, big moments and delivering. He hasn't had any of that opportunity with the Phillies. So maybe some, you know, high intense games with the Yankees where, you know, you have a rivalry game going, or maybe he gets a playoff start or down the stretch, it starts to feel like a playoff atmosphere. He comes alive and you get him at a good price. Maybe his elbow issues are far behind him, kind of like what we talked about with you, Darvish, but I don't know, nine starts, 5.08 ERA this past year, uh, really not great. So I think it's a good low-risk, high-reward thing. Yeah, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not extremely interested. I'm not going to bust down the doors and demand that Jake sign on the dotted line now. But you are right that he's a gamer type who usually elevates himself in October and – you know, I, I cannot, I just can't foresee anybody signing him at this point. Um, the, the name that still intrigues me the most of these reclamation project guys is Corey Kluber. Uh, I've said in the past, if somebody else like the Red Sox signs him, I won't be terrified, not going to be shaking in my boots. But if I have my druthers and I could pick from the, you know, the scrap heap of these guys who need to rehab themselves and might not cost that much, although Kluber is going to cost the most probably because of the pedigree and the age, uh, I would take Kluber first. I would take Chris Archer second. I know that you would not. Uh, nope. And then I would consider Arietta third, probably. Um, but it's it's probably not going to take that much to, to acquire his services. The interesting thing about Kluber that you were talking about earlier is that uh, there are sort of some signs that point to him uh, and the Yankees. That There's a reason that when his free agency was first floated like a month and a half ago, people were saying Yankees immediately. And then, you know, the talk changed, and the Red Sox and Mets joined, et cetera. A bunch of people are going to go to his showcase. But his showcase is at, at like a Yankees adjacent facility, right? Mm -hmm. Cressy sports performance and the Yankees, the owner of that uh, facility, Eric Cressy uh, was named the Yankees director of health and performance last off season. He was also, he also trained Kluber through his uh, rehab this off season. And of course we have the Matt Blake connection. Uh, he was with the Indians as the director of pitching performance uh, since 2016, up until he was hired uh, by the Yankees. So we have some things. There are some things to connect. Yeah, that's some stuff. Uh, something to keep in mind. Who knows? Um, my number two uh, spring training signing, uh, Oliver Drake from the Rays. Uh, had a uh, flexor strain last year in the playoffs. Didn't really pitch much in the postseason. It didn't pitch after the Yankee series at all. Uh, had a tough year, and nobody proves bullpen pieces are more fungible than the Rays who took Drake, who pitched for six major league teams in 2018, I think, and turned him into a 70 strikeouts and 59 innings guy in 2019. Uh, nasty splitter, dirt, great year out of the Rays bullpen, followed by a terrible year because that's what happens in the bullpen. Uh, overuse, you get hurt, all that good stuff. Uh, sliced off the 40-man at the end of the year, now available. Um, I'm just going to give a hard yes to this one. Uh, and, and it's only because the bullpen needle, I guess it's starting to move a little bit, trying in, uh, and maybe Brad hand in the Dodgers. People have made that connection. 
uh, perhaps bullpen arms are starting to come off the tree. Then you've got the guys like Kirby Yates, who were previously, you know, ace closer types who got hurt last year. And then you're going to have all these scrap heap guys who are going to need to be reclamation projects. I would take Drake for sure. And I think he has the upside of like a sixth, seventh inning guy. Like this isn't just a, a middle innings, you know, innings eater type guy. I agree. The I'm just skeptical because the Yankees don't do this. The Rays do this where they bring these guys back from the dead and they're all of a sudden throwing 96 mile an hour fastballs that are coming in at you and you can't even make a decision when you're standing in the batter's box. But the Yankees don't really do that. And uh, Drake was coming off major surgery, right? I think uh, he, he just had this re- he had this rehab flexor strain injury thing. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. He didn't get surgery on it. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I thought he got surgery. Who was the Who was the other Rays pitcher that we were interested in a couple weeks ago? The I dumb guy. Oh, come the on, dumb guy. Yeah, the guy that we were just like, why are they interested in this person? It was just somebody. It was somebody where it was like the Yankees were trying to be like the Rays. I don't know. Maybe it'll maybe it'll pop into. Oh, Ryan Stanek. Yeah, Ryan Stanek. Why? Why? Yeah. Like, why are they no. doing? These are not like. Oliver Drake, I can understand, pretty filthy, and he's a lefty, so that always helps. Um, but like I said, a little bit skeptical of the Yankees being able to hone his abilities, especially because he's coming off this injury. I don't feel like that's their forte. Um, not going to say no, just not going to be overly excited if it happens. We'll be cautiously optimistic. That's that's my viewpoint. Yeah, and Drake is a righty, by the way. He is? Yeah, I thought he was a lefty too. Who am I That's thinking like of? Common... Then, I'm th- then I'm thinking of the wrong guy. I think you're thinking of Oliver Drake in the mirror. I thought he was a lefty too. It's like this <laughs> weird manifestation of his body. Like, yeah, could, I, I, yep. I swear to God he's a lefty, but no, he's not. No, he's um, a righty. Yeah, so I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, I, I'm there. I'm right there with yeah. you. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, um, I'll take a righty. I'll take, lefties, so I'll take him I'll over Ryan I'll take a righty. I'll take him over Ryan Stanley. <laughs> Uh, Luis Avalon, yes or no? Um, so the, <laughs> the last target, the last target that I did want to talk about, uh, old friend, uh, Cam Bam, thank you, ma'am, Cameron Mabin, is available again. Um, the Yankees have already learned plenty over the last three years how important outfield depth is. Uh, in 2018, they didn't have it at all, and they ended up using Shane Peterson to start a series at Fenway Park. That was disgusting. Uh, 2019, they decided to trade for Mabin as a minor leaguer uh sent some money to the indians he showed up in the middle of april and then you know hit 280 with uh 11 homers and had his best season of his career and the fact that he existed completely revitalized their outfield depth uh then they let him go for the shortened season he ended up signing with the tigers when when uh spring training began last year so you know it's not shocking for maybe got a major league contract last year coming off his amazing 2019 uh but he signed just about when spring training began so considering that the timing would not be insane um, he probably is not due for a major league contract in this market, especially because he, he didn't participate much in 2020s, uh, non-action. There was really no season last year. It's a partial season. The Yankees have no, uh, AAA depth in the outfield this year. That's why they just signed Socrates Brito, uh, our guy who is exactly that. He's just depth for AAA. They're, they're even losing guys at the minor league rule five level. They had this guy, Ben Ruta, who is a local kid who used to play Trenton and was like a double A triple A outfield shuttle guy. They lost him. Uh, to the Padres in the Rule 5 draft. So they really are outfield depthless. They already made a move last week. Clearly, it's a position of need. They know that. They got Brito. I would bring back maybe no questions asked for like one, 1.5 million, maybe two. Uh, he was like my favorite Yankee of 2019. And the fact that there's a need that he can fill again, it feels like, why wouldn't you do this? I, I would too. I don't necessarily disagree, but 
this might kind of send the wrong message to the clubhouse because you're bringing, if you're re-signing Maven, you're not keeping Brett Gardner. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. So Probably. you're, you're going to get rid of a staple of the Yankees clubhouse to bring in a cheaper option who I like Cameron Maven a lot. I enjoyed his, enjoyed his stint with the team. He was, he was electrifying. He stepped in, he got the job done. Uh, nice spark off the bench, but I'm not sure this sends the right message. And uh, also, what does that mean for Mike Talkman? Is he is he not going to get playing time, or is this just going to be another signing because the Yankees are paranoid about uh, outfield injuries? And then what happens with Puig, dude? I thought we were high on Puig. Now we want Maven. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, you aren't you trading Judge? Like, isn't that I'm trading Judge? Yeah, you know, trade Judge, sign Puig, and uh, sign one of Gardner and or. Cameron Mabin and we're good. And I guess I'm higher on Puig than Cameron Mabin, but I'm higher on Cameron Mabin as a person. And I'm just yeah. saying, you yeah. know, don't, don't make the move now. You got a month and a half, but if you get to spring training and you're like, there's nobody to play the outfield in AAA with Socrates burritos playing all three positions. Then you, you make the plunge, give him a minor league deal with major league options. Keep him in Scranton where there will be a season at some point, although it's yeah. going to start a little late. Yikes. Um, and then you move forward when you have injuries, you don't have to go right. You don't have to go right to Brito. That doesn't have to be your first move. Uh, remember the Shane Peterson series at Fenway. That was, uh, that was the worst. That was the worst ever. Um, that is it for this episode of the Yanks go yard podcast. I am Adam Weinrib and this is Thomas Carinante. Make sure to find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts and wherever you do get your Yankees news. Hopefully there will be some instead of rumor mongering in the coming days. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find your boy at Tommy's underscore takes. We still got content going, even though it seems like content doesn't exist right now. So you can head on over to gangsgoyard.com. Head on over to the official Gangsgoyard Twitter account at gangsgoyardfs. We want more mailbag. We want more questions. We want more conversations. We want all your anger. So please bring it. It's 2021. New year. New feelings. Project all of it. We'll be here to answer it. And until then, Pizza Friday is when we'll see you next, folks. Get ready for Pizza Friday, please. I need it. See ya. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.